We got people coming in here. Pretty awesome. Pretty fired up. Hope everybody is doing all right. Hey, man. How you doing? Hey, Derek. Hey, Bradley. Um, and my, um, I see just Rebels is how it says. We welcome to the party. Oh, going to be potentially a pretty good day. What's the basketball team's going to win? Uh, well, yeah, that's that's what I'm sitting here watching right now, actually. Up 12, we actually played a team that decided to shoot worse than we ever could. So, going pretty good so far. Yeah, that's pre- pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. But they, uh, they, they they have played a lot better tonight, though. Like I said, I've, I've watched this whole game. We're, we're really moving the ball, and the rails finally showed up. So, that's a positive. Okay, so as long as we play every game at South Carolina's arena, morale is good to go. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Easy as that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess everybody is on Walker Howard watch at the moment. Yeah. Pretty excited about that. Everybody is, like, wondering about the timing of it. Is it something sinister going about and stuff like that? I don't think so. I just think his dad is a former LSU quarterback. And it would be like Romero Miller having a son that was transferring from Ole Miss to State. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, and that, that's a tie um, eye of the needle. They have to thread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. So I think um, the, that's the reason there was two things put out to LSU, basically goodbye graphics. He's trying to do this completely above board that everybody will just let, you know, Go and then eventually before school starts because school starts what Monday? Yeah, and it starts next week. So I'm assuming he wants to announce and and get there, but I mean I expect him to. Um, And we saw in the portal we had a um, couple of coaches, I guess that got named. Yeah. Um, You know anything about that, Derek? Uh, Yeah, uh, trying to think of the guy's name when we hired for the. Uh, safeties and DBs coach out of Maryland, the former Alabama player that that coached with Pete Golding there. Uh, can't remember his name, but but yeah, he's he's supposedly a really good recruiter. I I saw that when I was on my lunch break today. Is that, that was, was that neighbors? That was West neighbors. Yeah, yeah, neighbors, neighbors. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I I thought that was a really good hire for Kiffin, though. You know, he's he's a really good recruiter, and and he's pretty well thought of in the coaching industry. He's, one of those up-and-comers. Yeah, and it looks like a cornerback coach that was also with Golding at Alabama in 2021 that went to Rutgers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, um, it's, is that official yet? Like I've, I don't know. I don't know if it's around. official yet, but it's it's heavily rumored. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, I did hear about that one, too. Yeah, and that makes me wonder because, um, believe it or not, I do not have many sources on – most everything for insider information. That's not why y'all come to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but on this one, I believe it or not, I have developed a little bit of an inside source on all things Pete Golden. Um, and that guy said that 
Pete Golding was going to run a different defense than he had at Alabama. And what I took that to mean is that he's going to do some of the stuff at UTSA that Nick Saban wouldn't let him do at Alabama. Because some of the stuff at Alabama he's going to do it anyway because it's just good stuff. But um, it's interesting that he referred to it. They're going to do a different NFL-style defense. So that's something we, we can look and that kind of perked me up a little bit. But with all these assistant coaches with Alabama ties coming in, it makes me wonder, and I don't know, doubt that. It's one of those, I, I, okay, I've got to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I actually fully expected Pete Golding to go out there, him and Kiffin, and, and find some linebackers and try to transition, transition this thing into a 3-4, you know. You saw us get that big kid out of North Carolina State. You know, that's kind of a prototypical nose tackle guy, right? Just a big body to eat up blockers in the middle. Uh, and, and you have to have that to run that 3-4, really any three-man front. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured we we would try to transition to if we could get enough players in place. Yeah, if you look at it on the depth chart that we have right now, and everybody's going to talk about personnel and personnel holes about the defense and what we do. And a lot of the stuff that the 326 does is the same stuff that Pete Golding would do when he gets here. So it's going to be the same. So if you draw it on the chalkboard, the players are going to the same place. The difference is the player that might be a defensive end at Ole Miss's defense is 300 pounds. Yeah. The player in the 326 is 250 pounds. <laughs> Outside has a 250 pound linebacker, and, and the 326 is a 200 pound defensive back. You see the physics problem that is developing there. But on the chalkboard, yeah. it looks identical. So I'm interested to see personnel wise. Like, I see a front three that is Jared Ivey, Josh Harris, and JJ Pegues. I do not think JJ Pegues is going to play directly in the middle. I no. think he's athletic enough to play a little bit on the outside as a true three-four defensive end. Yes, no. I, I think that's his best position in in that kind of scheme. Put him out wide. Yes, and I think Cedric Johnson is going to come back and play that Will Anderson type rush in role mm. at two hundred and seventy pounds as an outside linebacker. That'll be interesting to see, but I think he is athletic enough to do it. The other athletic outside backer will be um, Suntarian Perkins. Yeah. And I think he'll be 220, 225 pounds by the time the season starts. I tell you what, I saw him at the Under Armour All-American game, and you want to talk about an exceptional-looking athlete. (laughs) My goodness. When he walked into a room, you're like, yes, that's one of the top 20 players in the country. Just before he did anything. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And I think Ole Miss is going to design their defense to basically utilize him. And uh, one of the linebackers will be Jeremiah Jean Batiste. But after that, it's like, what are we going to do? You know, the, yeah. the one hole that Ole Miss has that will really stress this defense moving forward. And I'm not counting about the young kids because some young kids could develop in the offseason. They could be the dudes by the time the fall gets in. But if we're just thinking of it right now, um, Ole Miss needs a linebacker. Austin Key's going to Auburn. I know he has a knock the socks off of everybody. Austin Key's is a good player in a big ball because of what he needs. Now, a player from Alabama that played linebacker, I don't know the name, um, went into the transfer portal. I mean, we can put two and two together. I forget the name. Yeah. But 
obviously that fills a role. We, um, here's a little bit of inside baseball as well. There's a starting nickelback or a nickelback at the University of Florida from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, that transferred to Florida from the, from the two. Like Pete Golding's fish, emoji that he sent out this morning. That could mean something. It could mean absolutely nothing. I do not know. <laughs> also, my um, Pete Golding source that I have, all things Pete Golding, says that uh, told me to be on the lookout. He told me this two days ago. Be on the lookout for, for an LSU defensive back to enter the portal. Now, I, I refer to it as an SEC West defensive back just because I didn't want to uh, immediately point that direction for whatever reason. I guess I was abundance of caution, like but it was an LSU defensive back, and Derek didn't vouch for that, because I took yeah. that from that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see whenever that person gets in the portal, if he does, because tomorrow, tomorrow night is it for getting into the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's the last day you can enter up until, uh, what, after spring ball, isn't it? Yes, and after spring, I, I anticipate that portal will be two or three players as well. Yeah, because I, th yeah. I think Pete Golding is going to evaluate the team during spring practice and figure out what he needs and then try and go get that. And that's also the time. I mean, if we're not going to split hairs, that's the tampering time. That's such exactly. a short window. It's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You you sit there and you you identify the holes in your team and what you need to plug in there, and then you go out there and you start putting word around that you're interested in this guy, this guy, or this guy. Yeah. And, 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 and so that, that is that. And, and with Pete Golding on the defensive side of the ball, that's the reason in the transfer portal, this transfer portal cycle has not looked like last year. Everybody's going to be disappointed and all of this stuff, but you don't want to just add players without knowing exactly what you need, because there's a chance you end up with four players that are the same guy in Pete Golding's system. So that, that would be a bad move. Um, so that is the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, Ole Miss has a real chance to have as good as of a transfer portal window as they had last year. I mean, when this is all said and done, this could be the most talented quarterback room that Ole Miss has ever had in the modern era. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Just not even, no joke. You've got a Gatorade National Player of the Year that is the incumbent starter. He could be backed up by a four-year starter. And with um, next year, the heir apparent to take over is a top 40 Elite 11 quarterback that on some some systems is a five-star. Yep. Uh, it, it, absolutely nuts. You look at the history of Ole Miss of when a quarterback room has looked like that. You had maybe Eli and Romero. But it wasn't as high as that. I mean, Romero was good, but yeah, he, he yeah, wasn't. He wasn't that good. <clears throat> um, that's Corral, really the only thing you could com compare it to. I would think would be those two. Yes, and Matt Corral and Luke Altmaier. Yeah, um, was probably um, a pretty good set. And then Jackson Dart and Luke Altmaier. So the last two years has been some of the most advanced that they've had as far as a yeah. full quarterback room. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. Well, yeah, I mean, not, not only that, but the revamped weapons they were able to bring in, too, you know, with 
Chris Marshall and the kid from La Tech too. You know, we've we've got some bodies in that wide receiver room to go with Aiden Williams, and you know we're probably not done there in the transfer portal if I had to guess right now. Uh, and then you know the kid from Memphis, that tight end, that was a big get for us. Oh, they're massive. just adding weapons all over the place for them to go with Dart and Judkins there in the backfield. And you know you return your your left and right tackle, both both freshmen last year, so they got a year experience under them and. You know, you figure out the rest of that offensive line, and that that offense will score a bunch of points next year. John, speaking of which, John Garrison's big too. My goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, man, you're making college offensive linemen look. You know, <laughs> congratulations, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he did a heck of a job though, and I, I I expect the same thing when he gets to Oxford, and you know he's. He's a real dude as far as an offensive line coach goes. Yeah, and you have an offense right now that going to be hell, man, to deal oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be tough to deal with, you know. Like mm-hmm. I said, you bring all those weapons in, and, you know, you've got the best running back in the country. I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's Quinshawn Judkins. That, that, that man is absolutely incredible. And everybody needs to go ahead and get ready for it. Kedrick Riscano. Yeah. Mm, yeah, he's he, he, he's a big-time playmaker. Yeah, I think he's in the Polynesian Bowl this weekend, so if that's on TV, you can catch it Okay, and get an idea of him. But I, I like him. I'm not as bullish as I was when I saw Quinshot because well, I immediately saw Quinshot in high school and said, I have no idea why Alabama and Auburn's not all of this. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a dude. He's one of those first time you see him run, you, you know he's got something. Yeah, it's amazing. And – there's different things. Now, in the middle of the field, it could be interesting because the rumor that happened in the transfer portal that could, you know, he could go back in, he could get in the portal, whatever. We'll find out in the next day or two. But Tula Griffin, yeah, that is that is an intriguing prospect, especially with this team. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, uh, you know, I'm, I know we've reached out to him. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've loved to have him in Oxford. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And let's see, Bradley, you got something you want to say, bud? You're muted at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah, anybody has something they want to say, just let me know. We'll get it done. My eyesight's not the greatest in the world. This is a dark room, but I'll try to see you eventually. Uh, so how about the Rebels starting out number uh, four in the D1 poll? Yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed by that. How about Mississippi State not being in that poll? Yeah, yeah, that kind of surprised me a good bit there. I, I figured State and Auburn would both be in. If those were two, two, two teams left out, I thought for sure would be in the top 25. All right, um. Hey there, Stephen. I had a question on uh, Dion Smith. Any update on him? Uh, it, he's one of those things that apparently I don't know exactly where he is. There's rumors. He's kind of become the push button to solve a problem, but I've heard the same stuff you've heard. But I don't think it's a situation where he needs to get in the transfer portal. I think he just needs to enroll. So we probably won't hear about him until he's on campus if he is. If that makes sense. Gotcha, thanks. No worries. Um, man, how, how are we doing in the basketball game, Derek? 
Uh, let's see. We're up thir- Now we're up 14 with 2.16 left. Got hey, they're, they're, they're going to get the W. Uh, they just Let's bump the brakes a little bit. There's a little 2.16 left. Oh, well, if they can't score for 38 minutes, well, I mean, they should have yeah. beat Georgia. They <laughs> literally should have beat Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have, but, I mean, it's same same story all year long with them, man. That's what makes it frustrating, you know. I mean, you've, you've got guys on the team that can play. I think you see that when these guys transfer out and go other places and end up excelling, right? Like, that's another really frustrating part about it, and – well, talent there, and you just just can't seem to get it all together at once. Our, our basketball expert on the channel was Tim Thomas, who actually played at Ole Miss in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And he claims up and down the reason that they have trouble shooting is the fact that Kermit demands that they don't lift weights, and that affects their shooting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah just up and down. He will swear that up and down. Could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you doing, Brett? Hey, what's up? Not too much. I know we all saw Igmanosian hit the portal. I was just coming in here to see what y'all guys thought the chances of him coming back were. Um, I think they're saying that he he has a better chance of Taishin. They're essentially saying Taishin's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, but Igmanosian, I mean, it's difficult. Whenever you're dealing with those Northeast kids that Chris Partridge got to come to Ole Miss – those kids weren't coming to Ole Miss. They were coming no. to play for Chris Partridge. Yeah. Yeah, that's what and, makes it tough there. Yeah. So I, I I do not have high hopes for that, but some people were saying there's a chance. Good. So, but we'll see. The transfer portal window, the entrance into it, it goes away um, tomorrow night at midnight but you can still recruit players that are in them basically until the drop ad date, which is like February 1st or 2nd. So just because it, the entrance ends tomorrow doesn't mean the portal is going to end tomorrow. The, it's just you know exactly who you can recruit from. Yeah. And I expect Ole Miss to take it all the way, um, basically to that last drop ad day like they did with Jackson Dart and Michael Trick. Mm-hmm. So, what else we got going on? Hey, Steven. Yeah. Hi, bud. Hey, um, do you think uh, Partridge ultimately leaves Ole Miss? And if so, do you think that has any effect on Taiwan Malone? Um, yeah, a, I do think Partridge um, eventually leaves Ole Miss. Um, I don't know if there's any way that they can get around that. Um, but I don't know if that affects Taiwan Malone because of baseball. Yeah, that was a big draw for him when he first got yeah, there. And he, and he got a, he got a ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and there's a chance in this new defense that Pete Golden can talk to him and see that Taiwan Malone and J.J. Pekees could have been three, four defensive ends. Well, that'd be something to see. Yeah. And- what do you think Xavier Harris fits in that? Uh, I think he's kind of like the the, the uh, interior lineman on the uh, the three. Yeah, he's the, he's the Mount Cody, just uh-huh. like Josh Harris. He's a, he's a big boy. Right. Ole Miss has a chance to have two three hundred and fifty pounders, uh, manning the middle. They have a chance to get a lot bigger. They're, they have a chance to solve this physics problem. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. 
See if anybody else has requested. No. I, I've hit that age, by the way, to where um, I need reading glasses. And and that's happened in the last year. And that's it. Yeah, man. My time's coming. I I have really bad eyes. Then I got LASIK surgery done, but they said that only lasts me to like fifty. So you know, I've got yeah. about a decade and a half left before I go back to to my old ways. Yeah, my my wife um had LASIK done and it ran its course, and now she has some like low prescription glasses, and she refuses to wear contacts. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll 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 never wear contacts again. Yeah, done with that. Yeah, I, I've I've been doing it for. 30 years at this point it just doesn't bother me <laughs> so um what do you think Derek we should look for over the next couple of days obviously Walker Howard that becomes an interesting thing i actually before we get started I want to talk, talk about him for a second I watched film of him go to his huddle video and watch his film he's Matt Corral when he plays he is Matt Corral I take that. He might be a little bit slower. He might have a little bit stronger arm, if, even if that's possible. Um, but his anticipation, you see him hitting those hole routes. You can just mm-hmm. take take the slot receiver that he's throwing to and anticipating in high school football and just picture Matt Corral to Elijah Moore. And it's the same thing. It was the same thing that was happening. I, I, I mean – Whenever that kid announces, which, you know, honestly, like I said, he, he's got to deal with the fact that his father's a huge legacy and he's got a huge net needle with the red at the moment. Uh, yeah. But but he's also running out of time, too. <laughs> you know, true, yeah. You know, you've, you've got to know something here in the next two, three I, days. I mean, there's a lot that, of logistics going into to starting school, you know, you got to move, you know, to, to a new city, get you a place to live, all that stuff too, you know, I mean, there's. I, I think they're going to announce it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and, or maybe and later tonight. Huge get, huge get. you know, you're, yeah. you, you go out there and you get your quarterback of the future for the second straight time out of the transfer portal, right? I mean, he's, he's a big time talent and uh, he knows coming in Jackson Dart will be the starter. So he's apparently good sitting behind him until he goes pro, and and then he's going to step right in and looks like one of those guys that's just tailor made for Kiffin's offense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And also, the crazy thing is, you also hear that Spencer Sanders might sign. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I I don't really get it, but I mean, I'll take all the bodies. Give me yeah. the depth. And you know, Spencer. In my opinion, Spencer Sanders not beating out Jackson Dart anyway. We're talking with a guy that has forty interceptions over four years, so yeah, he's it's about the same thing. But as far as depth goes, I mean, he, he would fit fit the bill and also yeah. allow you not to have to throw Walker Howard into the game yet while he is still mm-hmm. growing. So next year he can take over from scratch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, I'm impressed. You know that Tulu Griffin. Like I said, I want to see the safety, whoever that might be from LSU that goes into the portal. Uh-huh. Um, that linebacker from Alabama, the linebacker from Louisville, that Monty Montgomery. Is yeah, in the yeah, that's that's the one I think we got to go out there and get that that gift from Louisville. He is a sure enough stud, man. He he would fit so good with Pete Golden as one of those outside linebackers. Well, he 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 would uh, he was the guy in our game with Louisville that was just a problem until he got kicked out. Oh of yeah, target. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's an incredible athlete, man. He's he's big, he's fast, and and when he gets to you, he's gonna bring you down. Yeah, and gets to the quarterback too, I and mean, he's he's a good edge rusher on top of that. All right, Rebels, Dad, what you got, buddy? Montgomery oh, guy, they're already picking up, saying that they're forecasting the money Montgomery coming to Ole Miss. That'd be a big mix. It makes sense because as soon as Monty Montgomery went in the portal, Jordan Watkins immediately retweeted, like, come here. And then he kept yeah. doing it. Over and over again. And over <laughs> and whenever that happened, it's like, okay, there's something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to pay attention to this. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, because him, but, looking at his stats and the uh, other guy from, was it North Texas or whatever, the Gaddis guys, yeah. looking at their stats and looking at what we're losing – they're actually a little bit of an upgrade versus what we're losing to the portal right now. So I don't mind taking that loss if we get those guys coming in. Yeah, I want to see whenever we do it. I think Montgomery would be a one-year guy. He'd be a stopgap guy because um, I think he started that move on like 2018. He's been there a while. Um, I don't know what – is it Gaddy or Gaddis? Gaddy, I North, think, or Gaddy's. Yeah, the kid from like North that. Texas. I, I'm curious to see his eligibility standing as well. And you also have John Saunders, who's a six foot three cornerback um, yeah. that Ole Miss already signed in the portal. And DeAndre Prince came back. So they have players, but the difference is now this is something that everybody needs to pay attention to. Under Chris Partridge, this was primarily his own team. They played something. They dropped a. I mean, that's what they did. Pete Golding does some man-free, does some two-man stuff. Some of the stuff that everybody's seen Alabama do um, over the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see which cornerbacks fit that. I think Prince will be mm-hmm. fine, um, but I am curious about Gaddy and Saunders, which one becomes the nickel-type corner and which one just becomes the regular like boundary or field corner. Yeah, my only problem is we don't have those four easy games that we had beginning of this season to figure it out coming into the 23 season. You know, we've got starting off with one or two, then we're hitting Tulane hard and hitting the season hard real quick. You know, I honestly, I prefer that because they played a, they played with their food in the first part of the season with their quarterback mm-hmm. competition and all of that stuff. If they had a tough game to start with, when they had to make decisions, had to do it, I think the team would have been a better play in a better place by the end of the year. Honestly, yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the best um, description I can have of in the first four games. Ole Miss just absolutely played with their food. They were just everything was pointing to that Kentucky game, and they just goofed off until then. So, Derek, what's the score of the game? What's that? What's the score of the game? 69-58, 13 seconds left. Looks like they're actually Yay! Reds win. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that South Carolina team beat Kentucky and Rupp? Do what? That South Carolina team beat Kentucky and Rupp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's their only Mm -hmm. SEC win. I thought you asked me if I thought we would beat Kentucky and Rupp. I was about to go on a answer nobody wanted to hear. 
Oh, well, we're getting um, to the bottom of the hour. We're going to get out of here. Whenever um, tomorrow, we're going to put this up on the YouTube channel as well. Um, so you can re-listen to any part that you might have missed. I do want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Thank you for Derek. Thank you for all our speakers tonight. We try to do this every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, and we'll continue to do it next week. It's just it's just a ton of fun. So thank you guys for coming out, and we will talk to you later. Thanks, Derek. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Hi, Toddy. Hi, Toddy.